Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. And I... And, uh... I don't wow, know we're, we're so close. May as well say Merry Christmas. Huh? I said we're so close to the holiday, we may as well say Merry yeah, Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Um, for some of us... Two I days mean, from now. Yeah, but I mean, it's like Christmas is practically canceled for some people. I know, I know. That is so sad. Well, you know, it was Easter was practically canceled for everybody. Yeah. And then... Nobody got to participate in the Mass for Easter. Um, and for Christmas, there's a lot of people that are, that are going to have to sit this one out, too. Uh, so, unfortunately. Okay, here's the thing. Um, before this COVID happened, it has always been my contention that if you go to Mass throughout the year and don't miss any days, you should have a dispensation for Christmas and Easter. Oh, when all because, those extra people come, and oh, mess because up the of the creasters, yeah, all the creasters come and and mess everything up, yeah, and it's like it becomes such a hassle, right, right, right. And it's always been my uh, what I usually do is no matter what church I'm going to throughout the year, I usually pick, I usually go to my local parish for Easter because I think people should be there to welcome in the new. Uh, catholics actually mm-hmm. for easter yeah. vigil which isn't all that crowded and which then is usually yeah when they do the the new catechumens c- coming into the the church completely and then for christmas because i can walk there and i don't have to worry about parking <laughs> that's right that's right of course for christmas it could be a little bit cold but you know it is, it's just a block away for you isn't it yeah but the thing is i don't know about well first of all i i don't know if we have a dispensation this year or not we might. Um, and I don't I know, know that how many people are going to fit. Are they going to turn people away or what? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I know that the Archdiocese of, of Indianapolis is currently under a dispensation uh, of the obligation to attend Sunday Mass or, or Holy Day Mass, whatever, um, until further notice. Yeah. Now, what's funny is is it, it's it's really stupid the, the way they do that, or even the fact that they do it. Because when you go and actually look at it um, and try to find out anything specific, like, oh, does that just mean we don't have to go to Mass? They start backpedaling. Well, the intention is that you would only not go to Mass if you either have COVID or if you have a particular um, vulnerability to it, or if you're somebody who is in a... Uh, you know, uh, in a situation where you have to be extra careful not to get it, like you're in healthcare. Yeah. Um, well, I I think that in times of pandemic, it's pretty all much of everyone. the all of the conditions. Well, no, it's it's not that it's everyone. It's that all of the conditions that they list are things that in a time of of a pandemic, a real pandemic, uh, like say Spanish flu, um, probably would have been. Um, sort of personal grounds for avoiding mass anyway, or at least saying, well, I'm going to attend it okay. from outside the church building here. Yeah, or you wouldn't like really that. need you know the dispensation. Mean? Exactly. It's like, so then what's the point of the dispensation? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I feel like it's it's just so muddled uh, that they're doing a lot more harm than good with these kinds of things. They ought to either say specifically, okay, um, let's remind everybody that 
if you have COVID, you shouldn't go to mass anyway. And let's remind everybody, uh, I, you know, the, the one thing that I think could be a, a true dispensation is if you're a medical worker and you have to take extra care not to get it because doing so puts you out of work and then puts you in the position where yeah. you're, you're possibly giving it to vulnerable people. Um, so, but, but, you know, that, that could be like the one thing that actually might be a dispensation that normally wouldn't be, yeah. um, you know, under personal, well, uh, like right now, my, my house is conscience. under quarantine technically because Bella has yeah, it. Um, that's right. Well, um, I know a lot of, a lot of, uh, churches have RSVP things. Um, I've. I can't so imagine how, about, how that. I mean, you could very easily with a church, huh? Are you registered? Are you registered with a church that, that you would get it? Okay, so, so are they doing RSVP? I looked on their website and it didn't say anything about that. So okay. I guess that they're just going to do regular mass and maybe have uh, what does social distance on? There's standing room only you mean, on you mean Christmas physical mass. distance. Yeah, I know. I mean, at Saint, is it is Saint Martin still that full on Christmas? On Christmas, like they, they I are. mean, it used to be, it used to be, and that's a huge church. Yeah, that's most 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 churches would fit inside. Like, I, I think aisle. a lot of of the whole building would fit inside of the nave of Saint Martin's church. Yeah, it's a ginormous <laughs> church, and. I mean, it's, it's not, not like Basilica big, but like like the uh, like the Basilica in Washington D.C. or anything like that. But it's a right. huge church. Last year, it was when we first moved here. I walked up to mass, and uh, we we stood the whole time, and and it was pretty mm-hmm. darn crowded. Last year, when yeah. we went before the COVID, um, it it really wasn't that crowded. We actually ended up sitting down. But here's the thing. They did the gospel, and instead of doing the gospel, they had kids come up and act the gospel. Oh, my. Which is bad enough. But Father was the the narrator. Uh, This was at the the 3 o'clock pre-afternoon mass. Okay. Father narrated, and he changed the wording of the gospel. Uh Uh-oh. Not supposed to do that. That's a big no-no. So I mean, I, it's he's actually not supposed to. There's one time when when the liturgically we have players the parts of of the gospel, which is yeah uh, for the Palm passion. Sunday. But other than that, it's actually the priest who's supposed to read the gospel, and if he has a deacon do it, he has to bless the deacon first, um, and he actually has to go bless himself first in front of the the tabernacle. Um, yeah. He's supposed to do that before he goes and reads the gospel himself. So, and he's certainly not, not just supposed, supposed to, to just change the wording. Do it, yeah. I no, mean, that's like no way. How do you change the? We we try to quote get closer to uh, Protestantism by having more uh, Bible time in the mass. You know, that was the from Vatican uh, when they when they gave us the Novus Ordo. It was supposed to have more. They're supposed to fit the entire Bible into the uh, calendar. Like three years or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, quote, had more Bible time in Mass. As if, I mean, the, the entire Mass is a Bible reading, for heaven's sakes. But, um, yeah. But, 
as we move along, we find out that uh, it's priests all over the place are changing the wording of the Bible, and not to mention the the crappy, that translation that's in the missiles anyway. That they do anyway, yeah, I know. Um, So, for those those who want to go to your your poor translation, possibly priests changing the word mass, (laughs) and now you have to RSVP in addition. Yeah, well, I... I think I'll. I think I'm going to walk up there for mass at the regular time, and if it's full, I think that's going to be it for me. I, mm-hmm. I really hate going to Christmas mass. <laughs> it's just all these people are there, and it's like, why are you here? Yeah, and why do you think you can go to Holy Communion? Yeah, and you only go to mass twice a year. Everybody goes to communion. It's like you people have not been to mass all year. Why are you in line for communion? And I wish yeah, for once yeah. a priest would say, hey, if you hey didn't guys, go to Mass last oh, oh, week, do not come, come up, up here for, for communion. communion. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then you see people Unless, who are guests, and you know they're not even Catholic, and they're going to communion. Yeah, they don't even know what's going on. Oh, we go up here? Oh, what do I, I put my hand out, and oh, well. Um, okay, so yeah, that's at least what's going back, on. At least when we received Holy Communion at the rail properly the way we're supposed to kneeling on our tongue yeah it was kind of a deterrent to people who weren't initiated into that yeah if you didn't know what to do and and if you, you, you if you were trying away. to play along then it was obvious would, yeah it was like <laughs> dude you're not catholic get out of here yeah and then if hmm i don't know the um it was different because more people realized that they had to be in a good state of grace. And so mm-hmm. more people stayed in their pews. But right. now it's like everybody files. And you're even encouraged to get in line for communion, even if you don't receive it. Yeah, that's that's one of those recent things they started. I say recent, you know, everything to me in the last 20 years is recent. Yeah, yeah. Um, that uh, I, I don't get it. Especially, I, I, initially it was billed as... Okay, you can come up and, and, and receive a blessing from the priest. But now every you half the time it's not even the priest you're going to and then these these uh e, e, these extraordinary ministers of holy communion are presuming to bless people as though they can do that. Yeah. You know, and and it brings me to another point because with this COVID thing is this new thing where uh they're trying to they're trying more and more to discourage us from taking communion on the tongue and mm-hmm. um it has not been forbidden in cincinnati although i have a feeling there are plenty of priests out there who just say i will not put it on your tongue and not do it but on mm-hmm. the archdiocese website they have strategies for reception of holy communion on the tongue uh listen to some strategies. of these strategies i guess what it should read is strategies to discourage people from receiving Holy Communion on the tongue. Oh. Um, invite those who wish to receive on the tongue to receive only from a specific priest or deacon who is especially adept in ministry in this manner, reducing any cross-contamination. <laughs> invite those who wish to receive on the tongue to sit in a designated area so that all are aware and can choose to sit elsewhere. Uh, 
Golly, what? let's try to, let's try to make a colony of lepers out of them. My gosh, and it's just people who have so much love for the Eucharist that they they don't want to put it on their dirty hands, their unworthy hands, which haven't been blessed mm-hmm. and aren't supposed to touch the Eucharist. I, I don't know. Well, I'm proud I, to say, at my <laughs> church, we, we still use the communion rail, and everybody goes up and kneels and, and receives on the tongue. If somebody walked up to the rail and, and held out their hand, th- there wouldn't be a fuss. They they would, you know, re- Father would go ahead and put it in their hand. But this is at for the your, most part. At the Tridentine Mass? No, it's actually, uh, they have Tridentine Masses every day there, but... Um, we typically go to the Saturday evening mass, which is a Novus Ordo, because they didn't do oh. the Saturday anticipatory. It's a Novus Ordo, and they use the communion they? rail, and they yep, and the, the norm just, is just put about in on their everybody tongue? receives on the tongue. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if somebody yeah. tried to receive it by the hand in their Tridentine mass with if, if, if that they, would happen. That might be a. It's like yeah, that might be no. You you got it. This hell we do it at this mass. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but, you know uh, I. You have no idea how tempting it is for me to go back to the Novus Ordo just to receive it by the hand because I I keep having these little mishaps and it's oh, it's really embarrassing. The, the priest drops the host from your tongue. Well, <laughs> the host dropped. I don't know if it was his fault or mine. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought it was just one of those things, but then it almost happened again, and he put it on my tongue. And this time I didn't close my eyes. And mm-hmm. as I pulled my tongue into my mouth, it almost dropped off. And oh, okay. to the point where just he saw there. it and kind of started. And um, But I just barely caught it with my lips to keep it. Are they it. big? No, they're normal hoes. Hmm. I, don't, I don't understand. I don't know why it keeps maybe happening. Put, maybe, maybe put your head back a look just a tiny bit more. I do. I did. I, oh. I was, everybody was at grandma's and they're like, okay, how do you do it? And I showed them how they do it. Yeah, that's how you do it. Like, well, okay, that's how. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think couple, I kind of remember that discussion. I, I was I, there when you were talking about that. Yeah. So I think maybe either A, like, I don't want to open my mouth and have saliva dripping everywhere. So I try to swallow everything before he gets to me. Maybe that's part of the problem like my tongue's too dry and it doesn't oh yeah stick. you want a little bit of saliva yeah or maybe maybe my tongue kind of uh has a a reflex reaction where it, it won't stay still <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so, twitching twitching tongue syndrome <laughs> yeah if, if i look in the mirror and try to keep my tongue still i notice it kind of it doesn't stay still I, I don't. So, but, have you ever tried like not trying to keep it still, but just letting it relax? Yeah, but if something because you know, there's a difference it, it between jerks. trying to hold your hand still and just letting your hand relax. For example, that's true. Maybe I'll just try to relax. I'll try that. Oh well, <laughs> I don't know. It's frustrating though. But uh, I you I want to go to the Tridentine Mass, and I yeah I understand the the thing behind not receiving on the hand. So, but. Um, okay, so, you're always almost dropping it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just as we get closer to communion, I get I start getting a panic attack. It's like, all right, I get it. Um, so also, I guess Pope Francis is going to have like a tiny little mass with like five people or something. Was that the plan? Really? 
Let me I, check that. Is this like the have Vatican public Christmas mass. mass? I think they've closed the whole Vatican down, practically. Vatican Christmas Eve Mass. Celebrate Mass early on Christmas Eve to keep Italy's COVID-19 curfew. Which doesn't make any sense at all. Why do they have to keep no. anything for Italy? Right. They don't keep Italy's uh, financial laws. Right. So why why let Italy dictate how yeah. our religion Rome is, is a uh, Rome is not uh, the the Vatican is not a city of Italy. The Vatican is right. its own separate state, even its own actual nation with their own sovereign laws. But he's going to, I guess, allow uh, Italy to dictate how the church is run, which kind of takes us back to uh, the old uh, Renaissance days when uh, churches were being run by kings and queens. I guess. So all this really terrible stuff happening at Christmas. Um, Meanwhile, we've got, we're still in, until, until Joe Biden is sworn in and Trump has... Trump is not commanding the military, then uh, we're still in kind of la la land here. We don't we don't really know what's going to happen yet. Um, yeah, but we're we're still hoping. And again, I I can't follow the news because it, it's just it's one heart attack after another. And I think oh maybe there's a shot, and then I see no, there's not a shot. And it right yeah that's some really terrible I, things have happened. With, uh, first of all, you, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell, we thought Mitch McConnell, he's our guy because he's getting all these judges in. Yeah. So we thought he was on our team. But and we found out goes, two things. Number one, he folds. Yeah, he folds real easily. I mean, there's still mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on in court. And he's already yeah. congratulating Joe Biden, saying that he's going to work with Joe Biden. Calling yeah. him and a telling other Republicans, servant. "Hey, don't don't rock the boat, guys." Right. When when it comes time to certify, don't rock the boat. Just go with it. This is it's, it's a, what's that about? This is terrible. Did Trump had ninety? What was it? Ninety five percent support of the Republican Party, as in public Republican voters, like the real oh, right, people right, in America. Right. His his um, his his approval rating among Republicans, right, was does, very very high. Does Mitch McConnell think that that's going to translate to the rest of them? Yeah. I mean, He's it's not. If he does, no. Not no. even a little bit. But, and then on top of that, we find out that even with all these great court uh, judge judges that we got put in, they're not all that great. I mean, they're turning down Trump's case. Yeah. The Supreme Court. Yeah. And we thought we had a other. conservative Supreme Court. And the fact is, we don't. No. Well, and and the 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 part of it is that no judge wants these cases in his court. No judge wants to have, you know, be the guy in charge of the court where all the evidence is lay out, laid out and he has to make a ruling that could determine the course one way or the other of an election. See, I heard it. It's not a responsibility any judge wants. Yeah, I hear it said that so, way, but at the same time, um, I think that if it were the other way around, I think that a they lot of might them would go ahead and it. give it yeah. hearing. Yeah, could be. I don't think they would care if it wasn't such an important election. Then they wouldn't care. But 
because there was so much illegal activity, uh, it, it shouldn't matter whether or not they won it. In the, or I mean, if, well, no, I, yeah, it shouldn't it's matter. It's so blatant. Right, right. yeah. That, but at this point, it is what it is, and I'm, I'm starting to be of the mind that, okay, we really need to plan for this now because with Joe Biden in there, it's, you know, we got scared when uh, Bill Clinton got Bill Clinton. in. Yeah. And we right. thought it was the end of the country. And I guess in some ways it was. We just didn't see it. But it could be, yeah, we could still be in a slow death that started with Bill Clinton. Yeah. That, that could be a way to look at it. But nonetheless, here's, here's the thing that I keep going back to. We thought that it was the end. In fact, I mean, that's when Rush Limbaugh, day one, uh, was America held hostage. Yeah. Under Clinton. Yeah. So, um, and yet, let's see, that was what, 92? 90-something. Yeah, because 88 was, was uh, Bush Sr. 92 would have been Bush Sr.'s second term, right? Okay, 93 to 2001. We elected him in right. 92. Right, so 92 was, right. So 24 years later, in 2016, Trump got elected. Yeah. So, I mean, that and, and that wasn't, you know... And he, uh, even though we thought it was the end of the country when Clinton got it. So that's what I keep going back to is that if, if we can find some way to take away the ability to cheat the way they've been doing. Yeah. It's not all lost. Right. But we can't. Because in spite of that ability, Trump got elected in 2016. Yeah, I know. But they saw what they had done wrong in their cheating methods. And they rectified that, and they're well, very blatant that, about it. But it's like, not it, just they, as in the, you know, the liberals, which of course you expect them to cheat. Yeah, um, that's part of their morality. But they, as in the establishment. Yeah, the Republicans was who are not, in there I mean, too. Trump had never held a political office in his life, and he's suddenly sitting as as the president of the United States, and so many ways and people and and bureaus and so on and so forth um that rely on this smooth operating you never rock the boat you don't change things uh the administrate the the uh the bureaucracies really run the country kind of uh situation i mean that reacted violently against yeah. trump and against trump's presidency i think that had as much to do with all of the the um, uh, the venom during his first four years and 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 the uh, the Russian uh, collusion hoax and all of that kind of stuff and taking every single thing he said and trying to find a way to twist it into he's either a racist or a, a, a white supremacist or a Nazi or something yeah um, that that was that was not just people who who disagreed with his politics doing their political thing that was something much deeper than that that, that was, was uh a, a system the deep you know they call it the deep state reacting against what it considered to be an invasive virus yeah <laughs> somebody who didn't go along with it <laughs> the will of the american people namely that's right that's right exactly and that's it the the will of the american people is something that the deep state must keep out of its operations and by putting Trump in the White House, that they failed to do that. Yeah. Well, the but what's so different about uh, 1992 and 2020 
is in 1992, the, the left, they were still communists, but they hid it. Yeah. They didn't let people know they were communists. And they, they had all the same plans. They just disguised them as other things. Yeah, um, they would they it, would laugh if you know, well, you're a communist. Oh, boy, yeah, I'm not a communist. Yeah. You don't have any, you know. In 2020. Well, you think everybody's a communist everywhere you look? You know, stuff like that. Uh, they're, they're pretty much out in the open. You know, Black Lives no, it's Matter. Like, well, yeah, I'm a communist. Have it well, on their was website. It? Was it, uh, yeah, Black Lives Matter communist. Antifa in favor of communist. Who, what, what was it? Uh, it was either either Cuomo or, or uh, de Blasio. I, I forget if it was the governor of the of the state of the, the mayor of the city, but uh, didn't he like say uh, on some news interview or something, let's be clear. Our, our goal is to redistribute wealth. Yeah. I think that was de Blasio. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah the mayor. And, and I tell you what, they're not going to have that much wealth to distribute because no, not New York um, city. Everybody's leaving. <laughs> New York is dying and uh, California's dying. Yep. Um, well, the, and then on top of well, anyway, they they're they're upfront about what they want to do. And right. when we compare ninety three, if they, if we, if we went back to ninety three and said, okay, if if they tried to say, look, we've got a virus, so we're going to shut down all the churches, yeah. we wouldn't have stood for that back then. Yeah, people. I don't care no. what kind of pretense you had, we would not have stopped going to mass. Yeah, St. Martin's was full in ninety three. And would have stayed full. Yeah. Now it's it was barely empty on before the uh, virus, and right. since the virus, I don't know who's going to mass. I I haven't been there because I started going to the Tridentine and haven't looked back. But um, I, the very thought of shutting down our churches wasn't on the table ever, and now it is, and it's pretty much accepted. Nobody's even fighting it, especially the bishops. So. It is a lot different now than it was in twenty in uh, ninety three, and it's I think I think it's a lot more dangerous now. So when I think about what's coming if Biden gets in, um, there's an acceleration the, of yeah. their program. And all the things that play. I used to think, all the things we used to kind of plan in ninety three, I think now really need to happen. For example, creating a like a dark web uh, presence and network, yeah, where we can communicate with each other at, uh, under the radar. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to happen, and it's something that I'm I'm working with Buddy on that now, or I I'm going to work with him on it because I know he's oh. he's been in the dark web a little bit, so I'm trying to figure out maybe a program that can be installed uh, like Tor and then used for just that purpose danny has has already done um made um progress in installing and running programs uh and protocols for um trusted network um that basically off off of the main network only only trusted people can be invited in and added and so on and so forth okay uh, fully encrypted and so so forth i so I mean, Buddy could. Yeah. In maybe, fact, maybe, maybe Buddy and Danny him. have talked about it. That that could be that they're could already be. talking. So. Um, but I I hope to have within I don't know within six months something people can actually download 
and share with each other and say, look, this will hook you up to this network and this is uh, something that, that cannot be monitored. Um, I, I don't know exactly how that'll work, but that's what I'm working on right now. Um, mm, okay. And then setting up a way for people to buy and sell things on that, which sounds pretty... Oh, right. I mean, it already exists. You can go buy and sell drugs, and but the the purpose here is to make something that that we, that we could trust mm-hmm. and not yeah. have to worry about getting killed or shortchanged or run into <laughs> child pornographers or whatever. Right, right. Because as I started to climb into this dark web, that's the first thing I saw is everybody has child pornography they want to give me. It's, wow. It's, it's, it's terrible. Uh, it's so worse, bad. Worse than, oh, man. I, it's worse than know, I, I ever imagined. That's That's something that I think about it's like you know all those children go missing and it's like you know that that's supporting an industry yeah and and the the fact that you know there there's there's the people that that go and uh it's not you know it's not just the pornography they actually go and pay to to you know have sex with children and stuff like that um and i always think you know what what, some like super rich guy ought to, you know, hire a, a secret team of mercenaries to just randomly take one of the, you know, take a customer of those places out like yeah. as they're going into the place, you know, like somehow that it happens publicly, like they're just shot dead in the street on their way into the place. If that happened in, in enough times, it would create kind of a fear and people would say, oh, wait a minute, I don't know. But I think I don't I'm not even sure that would make a dent because of the um pornography and the the technical quality with which right. pornography can be distributed and stuff like that yeah it's uh it's a sad state of affairs and but it, it's kind of you can look at that situation and see uh what kind of state the entire world is in right now and yeah it, and the this irony. built up over the last 30 years and we really slept as it built up right yeah, well, we were all the thinking... irony is is this: every government attempt to deal with the problem wants to do it instead of going after the the problem, which is pornography and uh, child sex trafficking and so forth, by shutting down pornography and strengthening uh, um, borders and the kinds of things that yeah. can make a difference. Instead, excuse me, they want to go after the technologies that are used to hide and support these kinds of things, which here's the irony. We actually need those technologies to be there because we need to use them to hide ourselves and our own uh, non-pornography, our own, you know, uh, legitimate uh, markets and, and interactions and communications and so forth from a hostile government. Yeah. I wonder if that concept can somehow be used to actually put a dent in it. Um, I'm thinking, I wonder if Christians decide we're going to take over the dark web because we need it. And then because there's so many of us using it, find the people who shouldn't be using it. And I don't know. 
I don't know if turn them in even means anything anymore because I'm starting I, to believe that the government I know. is part of it. Yeah, that's 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 getting more and more scary too. At least the, powerful people in the government are part of it. Are, we know yeah, that's are, true. Right. Yeah, it's not part of it on the books, but it's it's like, well, nothing real is going to happen. So But yeah, if there's there's, you know, the thing about the web, it it's um the thing to understand about the both the web the normal web and the the dark web more so for the dark web even than the normal web is is this most places that you that you would compare it to you you think in terms of um you know marketplace and um hangouts and stuff like that so you, so your your metaphor for that is um you know flea markets bars uh, other places where people talk sell and so on yeah. and so forth um the the thing about the web, both dark and normal, is that it's not a it's not space limited. I don't mean that it's just I don't just mean that it's not geographically locked. What I mean is that it's as if you had those places except the world was infinitely large so that any time that there was a new place that you wanted to set up for a new thing that you want to do and then tell people, Hey, go there, there it is you just do it. You don't have to yeah. take a space that already exists and change it from this kind of thing to that kind of thing like you have to do in the, the real physical world. Yeah, you're um, right. Cyberspace is infinitely large in that sense. And so that's what kind of makes me think that, no, I mean, the sense of occupying, so to speak, the dark web as Christians, probably not a real concept because because of how infinite the okay. whole cyberspace is. Yeah. Um, speaking and I of, I don't think people appreciate that. You don't think? Um, I think there's a lot of. I think the, the those lawmakers who think, oh, okay, we need to, you know, we'll just put some rules about, you, you know, okay. who can yeah. do encryption and that kind of stuff. I don't think they appreciate what is works. really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of networks and internet, uh, Pope Francis has signed a deal with Netflix. Oh no. Net, net, gay, gay, druggy Jesus Netflix. Uh, yeah. The the eleven. Let's Hail Satan. let's all watch eleven year old girls uh, um, dance uh, sexually. Netflix. Yeah, that that Netflix. Um, he's uh, the. I guess. I guess they're doing a documentary based on his book, uh, sharing the wisdom of time. Um, and they're they're gonna have little things about old people, and I, I don't I don't really understand what it's gonna be about. I just know that uh, he signed a deal with Netflix, which it, to, to me that's really bad because uh, we, I mean Catholics should be boycotting Netflix. Uh, yeah, and and it's not like it's not like Netflix had something going like Cuties or whatever that show was. And then a bunch of Catholics uh, stopped using them, and then they they left it up, but they never talked about it again, and they kind of backed off on their evil stuff. Their evil stuff continued and got worse mm -hmm. over the past year or two. So it it's disheartening that we have a pope who's uh, cooperating in that now. Yeah, it and it's well, you I, know I, it, the it thing is come a no surprise, but it shouldn't. It it makes as much sense as as uh, selling out the the 
the real Catholics in China made. Yeah. Which he did there, too. I mean, it's like, if if there is some evil to corrupt the church and and disarm and put in danger the souls of the faithful in this world, it seems like Pope Francis is determined to do it, to find a way to do it. Yeah, and to... I don't um, get it. And to dress it up in language that... I don't even know how to describe the language. Like, if you read it, it's one of those... You know how, like, when people get really high and they start they start philosophizing and they they say things that sound real deep but really is just utter nonsense? Well, I have to admit a certain paucity of experience regarding stoned philosophers. Uh, so <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> But you listen to people who get stoned and they say, you know, they they just say things that uh, we have a cousin who used to say things that that uh, sounded as if he's really thought this out and it's really deep. But then you if if you really look at what he's actually saying, it's like, well, that's it's just nonsense. stupid. That's dumb. Yeah. And it, yeah. <laughs> it sounds deep in the language, but mm-hmm. the substance of it is either shallow or just outright nonsense. Um, yeah. Is that what the Pope's new book is? I, most of it, yeah. But I'm a, a just lot of the stuff he says is that way. Almost everything the Pope says. Yeah, a lot of the stuff he says is that way. So he takes these really terrible ideas and he dresses them up that way so that he sounds holy. And it's... Oh. I, I, I'm getting to the point where I'm not even going to call it disguised as holy. It's just evil. It's just a lot nonsense, of it. yeah. I mean, some of it's nonsense, some of it's outright evil. When we when we talk about things like the plurality of religions... Um, that was just evil. Look, God, God created us and created everything we have and gave us a very specific way to repay him for that and to honor him. And any way other than that is against his will. And if it's against God's will, then it's evil. Yeah. I understand ignorance, but you're talking about the Pope. The Pope's not ignorant. He's supposed he's to not, know all yeah, this stuff. Right, exactly. And so to say that there's some other way we can honor God other than the way he designed, well, that's that's bad. And, I, you know, we've got I've got a couple of the quotes from his book, and I, I, I think most of it goes back to... Uh, this council for inclusive capitalism that you brought it up like two weeks ago, I think, and we haven't touched on it since then, but it it oh. sounds like it's a lot worse than what we originally thought. We thought it was really bad from the beginning, but yeah, it sounds like maybe it's a basis for this quote great reset that uh, people are talking about more and more. Kind of like, like yeah, line, lining things up so that when when everything crashes, we're gonna we're gonna rebuild it better or something like that. Build back better is is the phrase I yeah, keep seeing. Yeah, you know what that reminds me of is um, I, I guess it I guess it kind of started this language started around the sixties and seventies where the system is going to fail mm-hmm. and there's going to be a bunch of chaos and people like uh, the KKK and other bad people, bad actors, 
have these plans where we're going to take over once that happens. And they would stockpile guns and food and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. their plan was, well, then we'll we'll set everything right then because the system's going to fail so bad because because they're they're letting black people run it and things like that. It was just stupid, stupid stuff. Right. It was a bunch of bad people thinking that they'll have a second chance once everything else fails. And then they would do things to try to make that fail. Um, but they were never really organized or powerful enough to actually do it. So we kind of don't remember them anymore. But if you watch old sitcoms from the 60s and 70s, um, you can kind of see it talked about a little bit. Mm, and mm-hmm. this kind of reminds me of that, the way yeah. everybody's wanting to rebuild everything in inclusive capitalism but everything else has to fail first then Except then we can rebuild you've got power players doing that not just social outcasts yeah. like the kkk yeah We've i mean the kkk like, were were you know a, a harmless bunch of of uh you know barnyard hooligans compared to yeah what's going on yeah it's a little bit more serious right now because they are actually causing great harm to the economy on purpose. Yeah. They're shutting businesses down. And I, we are going to have to rebuild. The question is, can we rebuild uh, in a way that will not give them complete total power? And I, yeah. I don't know sure if that's possible. sure don't want possible. the inclusive capitalism rebuild. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know, some of the quotes from his book... Um, we cannot wait any longer to deal with the structural causes of poverty in order to heal our society from an illness that can only need lead to new crisis. You know, this Pope is not a believer in Jesus Christ as the Savior of mankind. This, this Pope is a believer in uh, a purely materialistic gospel. Yeah. These are not the words of somebody who believes in the kingship of Christ. The, uh, I mean, Jesus kind of talked about the poor. So apparently, even 2,000 years ago, poverty was a problem. Yeah. It's always been a problem. Why can't we wait? Why, what, what's so urgent that we now have to deal with it? But we, and, and for no most talk about of, we can't wait to, we've got to work on saving souls because so much of the world is, is falling away. Yeah, where's the talk about that urgency? The 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 urgency for for the work that has eternal fruits. Right. I mean, you I, each person lives only so long, and you have that long to convince them to turn to Jesus Christ. You got yeah. seventy years to convince each person out there that hey. You need to come to the church. You need to turn to Jesus Christ. You need to give your give him your life. Um, once that 70 years ends, that's it. You, you don't have any more time. That person could be in hell for all eternity. And if he's it, in hell, that seems more important. he is not going to take consolation. There, there's not one bit of consolation that he's going to take while he's in hell from... Uh, Whatever it is you think you provided him instead of salvation from whether he could eat good and have a fat belly or whether he could sit at home and receive money without working. Whatever it is you think you're giving him, 
he's that is not going to be any consolation to him in hell. Yeah, that fraternity isn't going to amount to a hill of beans. It's that's that's the real crisis. And and if you you know as far as structural causes of pornography or uh, poverty, we've already figured that out. I mean, that's what capitalism was. The only time yeah, the, the free market addresses that. The only time it really created new crisis that wouldn't be able to kind of work themselves out is when the government got involved and held up one company over another company. That's true. And when they talk about the he he mentions how some people made billions of dollars while other while others were excluded, that only happened when the government's got involved with regulations and and ways to uh help one company over another company. That's when that happened. And you know, I I want to push back even on the concept that there's a problem there. Um if somebody makes billions and somebody else is let's say excluded from making billions, um that doesn't mean that those who did not make billions, that those who were excluded were somehow treated unjustly by the universe it, it doesn't mean yeah. that there's an unjust situation um for somebody to make billions they have to create wealth nobody in this world and and actually nobody uh probably since jesus's time maybe not even in jesus's time nobody makes billions by simply accumulating the billions of dollars that are already out there to himself somehow. Nobody. It doesn't work that way. If you're making billions, it's because you're creating things. You're creating wealth and adding to the total wealth of the world. And your share of that wealth that you're creating amounts to billions. But the rest of that wealth that you're creating, I mean, that's that's your little bit off the tip of the iceberg. The rest of the wealth you created is out there in the world doing something. Okay. Well, what that's, about if you... That's how if you, it works. If you get billions from tax money... Unless you're a government. Yeah. Or being subsidized by the government. Then that's where that doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. Well, um, Jesus talked about it and said, you're always going to have the poor. I don't know if we... I guess we never look at that and say that it's a prophecy, but I, I think it's a simple statement of truth, and it's and he's saying it's unreasonable to think that you're going to solve this problem. Yeah, I mean it's I I know that the the you know what actually that kind of it kind of speaks almost directly against some of the stuff the Pope's doing now because remember the scenario that he said that was was when. Uh, uh, who was it? Was it Judas. Mary Magdalene or whoever came in and 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 oh. uh, poured the oil over his feet and and yeah. uh, washed his feet with her tears and dried with her hair and and then the uh, house he was staying in, the owner of the house was indignant and said that oil could have been sold and the money given to the poor and that's when Jesus said, "You're always going to have the poor," but she did this for me. Well, here we are today and. We're shutting down churches while the Pope is engaged in great reset programs for inclusive capitalism to uh, disenfranchise people of their liberty 
which is required for the development of virtue and instead address the structural um, causes of poverty, it's the same thing as the woman with her bottle of oil. Yeah. Are you going to give what you have, give your life or give your energies to Christ and to building the kingdom of God? Or are you going to imagine that while the kingdom of God is there waiting for your service, it's better instead to, you know, turn to the poor or whatever? Yes, we have to feed the poor. We do that as part of building the kingdom of God. We don't do it instead of, which is what the Pope is doing here. Yeah, it's a... uh... The poor, poverty is an outlet for charity. Yeah. So in that sense, it's almost a necessary thing. And if there were no poor, then uh, who who do we give money to? Who do we help? But there, but he's right. There is always going to be poor, and uh, inclusive capitalism is not going to solve the problem of poverty. Poverty's still going to be there. It's just that. Um, when it's just going to undermine the church when you see poor people you're going to think well i'm helping them uh because i'm part of inclusive uh capitalism and i yeah. don't have to actually just give give a good meal or some money to this bum standing in front of me right this this whole inclus this whole structural approach is just a great big way to tell people it's okay to ignore the poor in the particular because we're working on structures instead. Yeah. And let me tell you, when you're poor, you don't really care how structural it is. You just want food or heat or a home, you know? I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter why you're poor sometimes. Except in the case of America a lot of times because most of the time, if you're poor... There's something you can at least begin to do about it. You can you can fight back against poverty in America. You don't always win, but you can fight. Yeah. If you take yeah. that away, I, I don't see how that helps anything because now you don't have a defense. If I can't go start a business and use the money that I make to sustain myself, then uh, how does that solve anything? Without capitalism, the oh well. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> the uh <clears throat> even even the even the uh state welfare relies on a healthy capitalist economy. Yeah. I Another mean, quote that, from him. You go bankrupt like Russia. Yeah. In, uh, in the he Soviet says Union. if I repeated some passages from the homilies of the church fathers in the 2nd or 3rd century about how we must treat the poor some would accuse me of giving a Marxist homily. Well, why don't you try it? Because yeah. because you've given Marxist homilies. Yeah, I know. Why you're, not you're why not quote you. some of them third and second century uh, fathers of the church? We'd be yeah. all too happy to hear it. Go go ahead. And, 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 and don't the, misquote uh, them. Mm-hmm. Don't misquote them. Don't quote them out of context. But quote because them. he's famous for doing that. Yeah. I mean, he takes... He takes Bible readings and turns them around to I, I don't know what he's talking about. Almost to mean the opposite of what they uh, what they're saying. Yeah, it, it's in oh well. Um, this concern for the poor is in the gospel. It is within the tradition of the church. Okay, you got me. It is not an invention of communism. Okay, nobody said that concern for the poor concern was. Concern for the poor was, no. I mean, uh, you know, Jesus And it said, must you know. not be turned into an ideology. 
as has sometimes happened before in the course of history. An ideology like inclusive capitalism? I know, that's what it sounds like you're doing just that. I mean, <clears throat> you, you're creating an ideology um, if... Yeah, you're, capitalism... you're promoting a grand ideology to try to reset an entire world economy. And the thing is, capitalism was not created to answer poverty. I mean, it, it was a system that came about because they were like, they were experimenting, trying to survive as a community. I mean, it, it go, we, we take it back to um, the, the Mayflower and right. I, we did a whole show about it. We, there was um, a whole podcast. We talked about that. Now, I'm, sh- I'm sure there are things that predate this. But in America, we started with a commune and eventually found our way to capitalism. And it worked. And it seemed like, okay, and as, as, we, uh, as we fought against England and won our independence, it's, they were trying to create a system. And the system was how the country would run and how to grant people the most freedom that could be granted to them. And that's what came out of it was capitalism. I, was it even a word back then? No. I, in fact, I think the word capitalism was actually invented by Marxists in order to give a label to free market okay. economy that they could attack. So they wanted to. They needed a label to attack. And I think it was okay. actually invented by by Marx and others like him in order to to have a, a word to hang their attacks on and shoot their attacks at. To promote communism, so that's why I like we, I like saying free market rather than yeah, capitalism. Okay, yeah. So we had a bunch of uh, people who had won against England and won our independence, and they were setting up laws and deciding how things were going to run, and um, they wanted to give people liberty and a free market so that people could engage in. Uh, uh, in commerce the it wasn't an answer to poverty it was but it turned out being the greatest answer to poverty we've ever seen in the world yeah every single time that i can find throughout history where someone decided they're going to come up with a system to answer poverty it it really had bad it amplifies results. misery yeah it 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 takes it takes simple poverty and turns it into destitute poverty. Yeah. It takes hard times and turns it, turns it into absolute misery. Yeah. Uh, an economic system should not be based on the idea of having poor people and taking care of poor people. It just doesn't work. It never has. And every and, nation know, that tries that dies. Ironically, the, the so-called capitalist, the free market system that, that we came up with and, and that, you know, as we discussed in our Mayflower um, podcast, um, which we need to get back to doing some American history podcasts. Yeah, we do. But um, that system, even though it was, was um, kind of, it was done in response to the problems that grew out of their commune. A small commune, by the way, so I don't know anybody who imagines that, that big communes are going to work when small communes can't. Um, that system was actually just very close to 
the basic human rights of Catholic natural law. I mean, life, liberty, yeah. and property. That you know, you have a right to life. You have a right to to run your life the way you see is is going to be beneficial, and you have a right to acquire, own, keep, and and in doing so, make decisions about p- property, whether it's real property like land or um, personal property like things. Yeah. Well, I and that's what it boiled down to, and that's what that's what modern capitalism boils down to. Yeah. The thing is, all of this academic discussion doesn't really matter a whole lot because um, you really got to just look at the the very the very core of what's behind this is people gaining power and controlling other people. And I maybe Francis doesn't get this. I don't know. But the people who's dealing with him get it. The people at yeah. Bank of America who are trying to create inclusive capitalism, Bill Gates yeah, they gets get it. it. Yeah. Jeff absolutely. Bezos gets it. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what it's all about. Um, I don't... So that leaves you with a pope who's either an idiot or who is just evil. Yeah. And yeah. I I guess it doesn't even matter which you know, one it is. It, it, re- it really doesn't. Because sometimes I think even people like, like Bill Gates and others who you think, okay, they're not idiots. They have to know what they're doing. I'm not so sure. I think that there comes a point where people's um, power, the, I mean, Bill Gates, by virtue of having money, is powerful. Uh, and others, yeah. you know, who, 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 whether it's by occupying um, political offices, bureaucratic offices, or what have you, or the papacy, um, I think there's a point at which power um, causes a person to develop a hubris that gives them a. Um, it's like it reverts them to a sort of childhood naivety about their own capabilities. It's like they suddenly yeah. see the world as, hey, wait a minute. It, instead of recognizing the, the world for what it is and, and all of the messiness and complexities and humanity of the world, they see it as a bunch of, of their personal, you know, toy blocks. Hey, yeah. if we rearrange the blocks, we can make it look pretty, and that's what they're trying to do. And they and, and they're so they're so naive and childish in their hubris that they really think they can do that and that, that it's going to work. I think that's really well at a root of a lot of this. Yeah. Now, I think there's some genuine evil going on there too. I I mean, I recently uh heard a podcast discussing, you know, the very real possibility, for example, that that uh Karl Marx um, might have been um, uh, either possessed or, you know, being undergoing some demonic obsession um, for parts of his life and and some other, you know, very bad world players as well. So I I, I don't want to discount true cooperation with evil at those levels that goes on. But I think there's also a, a, a point at which this... Just the mere acquisition of power turns somebody into a, a sort of childish uh, fool that thinks that they can do things that they simply can't do. They, they, you know, it, it's like a kid who who uh, who wants to to 
I don't know, take his blocks and build a bridge and he starts building a cross and every time he gets, you know, a couple inches out, the bridge collapses and he can't understand why it doesn't work. It, it yeah. It's like that kind of naivety with these people. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, yeah. <laughs> um, so on top of all these other things going on, um, we've got the vaccine coming out, which I guess... I really don't know what to... Okay, when Trump said there was going to be a vaccine, all of the left said, uh, I'm not getting it. Well, they said it wouldn't be available. Oh, you mean once it was like... Democrats were saying, I will never take a vaccine that Trump uh, developed. As if Trump himself went to the lab. Now they're talking about requiring it. Yeah, that's... That's what it makes this hard to really muddle through, is that we started with a bunch of uh, leftists who were saying, no, I would never get this vaccine because it was developed under Trump, as if Trump really actually worked on it. Oh, yeah, and like he's going into the lab and... <laughs> I, I, but the fact is, whatever was done was done because of him... Uh, moving mountains supercharging and, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i mean to, to the extent that it's there it's an accomplishment of trump's and and almost in spite of everybody else all the liberals all yeah. the news media and so forth and yet i wouldn't take it i wouldn't receive it well the personal i mean i i if you've had COVID, i don't see any reason to take it uh well, it won't do too. anything for you more than what having the virus having would it. do. No, exactly. Um, but we have, it. it's one of those things, it, it, I looked at it the way I look at the chickenpox vaccine. Well, it's a sickness, and I guess one out of a billion could die from it, but it's a sickness most of us have had, and it's not that serious, so I'll just let the kids get chickenpox, and that'll be the end of it. But yeah. um, the problem Except is that... They don't get that yeah, well, some of my kids didn't. Because chickenpox is it one of those like that fifteen. It 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 rarely kills children, but it can kill grownups. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of like a a, a milder a milder uh, fatality distribution of uh, almost mimicking COVID. Though you know, the older you are, the more yeah, it can I be guess it, yeah. If you think about it, except for that, uh, the older you are, the more likely you are to get COVID. Instead right, of as well, yeah. Um, but the fact is that the left has turned this into a political thing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one time it was a vaccine, and it's like you could take it or leave it. Uh, I guess you might say, well, if you don't take it, you, quote, don't care about people and you're selfish. But it's it's been politicized like to the point where where it's people are talking as if you're not going to be allowed to go to the store if you haven't had the vaccine. Right. And anytime yeah, that I mean, happens, then I start to get worried about it. Like it, there is something to it now. Yeah. I mean, there's people talking about, well, we have to have some way like a, a visible identifier that somebody has had the vaccine, like a barcode. or something. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I almost imagine this idiocracy type society. Uh, yeah, with barcodes on our arms or something stupid like that. The way some people are talking. Yeah, the but the thing is, when I look at the vaccine by itself, well, I guess it depends. I at 
at the worst, they've said that one part of the vaccine might have been tested on a fetal cell line that came yeah. from aborted babies in 1974. Yeah, from a moral, the, yeah, the morality of the vaccine itself, it's, you, it, it's not manufactured with aborted baby cells. Right. From what I so understand. So I, I guess... And it wasn't developed with. It was that, but they were used in one of the testings or something like that. You, you might have a moral argument against it there. But for the most part, it's not like... The chicken vaccine was made from uh, fetus cells, if I understand it right. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was. Maybe I'm okay. wrong about that. Or maybe there's two different vaccines. I can't I think remember. the MMR one was... Was the, it the mumps, measles, the the mumps, measles, and rubella? One of the one of the three that's in that concoction, I think, was I was haven't paid attention with aborted fetal cells. I haven't paid as much attention as I probably should have on all these things, but I don't have a huge moral argument against the virus itself. I can't find anything in there that says, "Hey, this is evil. Don't vaccine. do it." Right. Um, yeah. Now, I did want to talk about. A little bit about it because I well I there's so much disinformation about it. Um, first of all, it, it, we know it's not nearly as accurate as or, or as helpful as everyone says it is. I mean, we don't even know how helpful it is at this point. But this whole 95% uh, rate is is not a real thing. It's and and you can find other podcasts to see how. Uh, how helpful it actually it is. But there's another part of it, and I hear, I've heard this from several people who say, no, it's dangerous, it changes your DNA. And I did uh, want to address that, because it doesn't change your DNA. I wouldn't think so, no. that We don't have that kind of technology right now. Yeah, you can't change your DNA. Um, I guess, let me see if I've got this... If, if I was going to create an analogy here, um, as far as how it works, tell me if if, if I'm going wrong here. Uh, the mRNA is the the type of vaccine, and it's relatively new. But if you think of it um, in terms of a defense system, um, you would have maybe watchtower watchtowers at the edge of a city, and the watchtower looks for enemies. And when they see enemies approaching, they send a messenger to headquarters. And the messenger tells them what kind of, not just what kind of enemy is coming, but what kind of defense is needed. So we need a group of airplanes to come, or we need some foot soldiers to come and go here and do this. So uh, HQ puts together a battalion of people or whatever, and sends it out to do the fighting and meet the enemy. Now, most vaccines, what they would do is introduce weak enemies so that without telling the watchtower. So the watchtower sees this enemy, they think it's full strength, and they send their messenger to get the defenses. Yeah. But and in with, some cases, even dead enemies. Right. Sometimes the enemy's dead and. I guess in some cases, a, a contingent. Yeah. there could even be fake enemies. But with the mRNA, right. um, we're basically bypassing the watchtower and we're sending 
the messenger we're sending our own messenger to the headquarters and the headquarters goes ahead and creates the defenses that we call for instead of what our watchtower calls for that's my huh, understanding i'll have to look at look at it and see if that's that's a proper analogy because i know what mrna is but um i don't know what an mrna vaccine specifically is but the only if i understand right a, we're creating mrnas the, yeah, but the 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 only additional point that I would mention is is in the typical, and this is in both natural and vaccine induced um, um, immunizations. Um, once the enemy is seen and the headquarters figures out, you know, receives the information about what what kind of defense is needed. Yeah, they don't. They they keep sending that defense out. Okay. Yeah. So that if that enemy ever comes in again, it's already ready. The city already has, you know, foot soldiers walking around, or it already has airplanes flying overhead, and it gets destroyed immediately. So Which is why when, when you get the flu, uh, your body creates a defense for it, and it never stops creating a defense for that specific flu. Right. That's but why because, once you get chicken pox, you don't get chicken pox anymore. Right. Unless they, unless maybe I guess there are exceptions when someone doesn't has some kind of uh, anomaly, but for yeah. the most part, yeah, okay. So uh, the mRNA vaccines do not change your DNA. Uh, they just they trick the cells into making a specific kind of antibody. Yeah, uh, not I don't I don't think it's all that huge, big a deal. I think it's it's pretty neat technology. Um, <laughs> yeah. Personally, I, I, it's a neat thing. Um, if if it wasn't attached to the COVID vaccine, we'd probably do a podcast about it and marvel at it a little bit. Right, right. Uh, let's see. We got Pope Francis to Netflix, the church RSVPs, the vaccine. Uh, Pope Francis and Biden, you know, kind of praising each other. Oh yeah, kind of. They're it's sort of like lining up to 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 sort of introduce the the idea of being best buds or something like that. Yeah, kind of like and a kind of like a there was a there was a Reagan John Paul II sort of uh, you know play going on. Um, that yeah, it's a, this is almost like the evil doppelganger of that. Right. Yeah, uh, Reagan and, and JP two were going to instead gonna of defeating communism, they're going to resurrect it. Yeah, yeah. Now, now Biden and the Pope, and Pope Francis are going to resurrect the very evil empire uh, that um, I didn't even think of that. Reagan wow. and the Pope, Reagan and John Paul II defeated. I wow. You know, okay. Here's a thought though. That's Here, so here's, bad. Here's just a crazy, out there, outrageous thought. All right. Um, so most of most of the the three people who listen to our podcast probably know about Fatima and about the the uh, command that, that Our Lady made at Fatima to consecrate Russia to her Immaculate Heart. Yeah. And there's people who say, oh, it's been done. It was done by way of not referring to Russia and, you know, various other things like that. That And it's yeah. like every time we thought, okay, this is going gonna, is gonna to happen. It's like, well, okay, no. We're not going to name Russia. We can't really do it. We can't consecrate Russia by name to Mary's heart. So they Which didn't. Seems do it. like a really simple thing. I it's, mean, it does. It's like, what? What? So they're going to object. 
They're, what are they going to do? I mean, why would you bother even consider concerning yourself with it? But the popes were concerned with it, and they've never done it. So here's the thing. So China's already, you know, we already know that that, that this pope is is enamored with China and thinks that's the the greatest thing since sliced bread. Putin yeah. is a hardline communist. He wants to resurrect the old Soviet Union, which was extreme communism. And this pope probably wouldn't be too against that if if he could find a way to help support that too. Right. So here's here's a thought. What if the pope, acting in his capacity as the communist resurrector, making a what he considers to be a goodwill gesture, like "Hey, I'm giving you my blessing to the so to the Russia." maybe trying to reconstruct a Soviet Union of sorts, consecrates Russia to Mary's Immaculate Heart. Yeah. Because other, <laughs> that, other than that, that, I don't see like it ever ironic. being done. I know. Yeah. Wouldn't that be so ironic? And then all of a sudden, communism is just Completely collapses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in America and in China. Mm-hmm. Huh. Just a thought. Just something I'm going to put out there. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess... We can always hope. Yeah, I mean, it's a faint hope at this point because... Yes. I'm surprised he hasn't consecrated China to to Yeah, that's right. Let's give China the great blessing of whatever. Well, um, I don't have anything else to talk about other than... Yeah, pretty much everything we talked about was, was current events. But we uh, yeah. you, maybe you do have some specific news things. I've got a few news yeah, things. Yeah, I do you're have done. some news. Um, the cryptocurrency Bitcoin is at its all-time high. At oh, uh, well, see, they're saying twenty thousand four hundred forty dollars. But I, I That's thought I remember not long ago when they were saying it was like a hundred thousand. But okay. they're saying that's what it is right now. Um, so I, but I, I don't even know. We, with this, with what they're planning to do, and the amount of change that they're planning to enact, the the Democrats, if they get in, I don't know if cryptocurrency will even matter. Well, it could be I, that's the currency we have to use to buy and sell things on our darknet. Yeah, but it 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 has to translate somehow into American dollars. No, it doesn't. I don't know a whole here's, lot about. Here's, here's here's why. I mean, I, I we don't need to get into the how Bitcoin works. But just think about any currency, whether it's crypto or regular. It doesn't have to translate into American dollars or translate into any other particular kind of currency. It just has to translate into goods and services that people want. In other words... It just has to have value. Exactly. If, if, enough okay. people, if, if enough people are willing to say, I'll sell that to you for this many bitcoins... And I'll uh, um, I'll pay you this many bitcoins for that. If enough of that happens, then Bitcoin becomes its own internal currency within that economy, and that's okay. all that's needed. It doesn't have to. Then it, it's kind of like when you talk about well, you know, the dollar versus the the yen versus the euro versus you know whatever. Okay, yeah. Bitcoin's gonna have its 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 um, conversion values. Uh, relative to other currencies, but in order to be a, a self-sustaining currency, there just has to be a large enough market of goods and services 
where people can trade with Bitcoin and then yeah. use the Bitcoin they receive to buy other stuff with that same Bitcoin and so on and so forth. Okay. Well, that bears some looking into then. Mm-hmm. Um, 32,000 birds are getting slaughtered in Japan and 8,000 ducks are getting slaughtered in uh, the UK, in Norfolk. Is this trying uh, to this suppress a new virus. version of, yeah. a, of a Spanish flu, bird flu? Yeah, H5N8. That's right, uh, yeah. So that I guess that's spreading. It's not just in Asia. It's in well, let's UK hope they're too, successful so. in keeping it from spreading. We don't need another flu yeah. epidemic on top of the or flu pandemic on top of on top of the. Yeah, we don't need a bun- another COVID reason to one. panic. We don't. Yeah, no, we don't need another panic demic. Yeah. Uh, okay. New York City Department of Investigation accused the police department of mishandling their response to Black Lives Matter protests in the city of New York. Accused the police department. So of how would the police department do? By standing I, by and letting them loot places? I, maybe, which they oh. were ordered to do. But yeah. I would. Are they going to try to accuse them from like beating up Black Lives Matter protesters? Because that didn't happen. No. I don't know. That, I, huh. I can't see, see this being a real thing, considering it's the New York City. Uh, Department yeah. of Investigation. So I mean, New York um, City was practically. I mean, they're they're you know from the top down. I don't know if they're as bad as Seattle, but but they're you know practically like pretty hey, close. Black Lives Matter, come beat us up. We want yeah. you to destroy us. You know. Yeah, I mean they got away with everything over there. So what is their what mishandled? I don't know. They didn't handle it. Yeah, they didn't mishandle it. They just didn't handle it at all. But yeah. that was uh, that was per per orders per plan. So we got Senator uh, Mitch McConnell is announcing that the Congress reached the nine hundred billion dollar COVID relief package. Um, yeah, and 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 then I I don't think it's been signed yet. I sure hope not. Then I think it's, I think Trump actually vetoed it. I. I heard I he, that I think he actually vetoed it. I heard that Trump said, "Okay, I veto this. Come back with me and give each American two thousand dollars instead of six hundred." And but I heard is, that they came back and did it. Yeah, but that still has to go through the whole process now of being voted in the houses yeah. and stuff like that. So the the they may be doing that, but the thing is, it's not just. I, I don't know that it's just a question about the the dollar amount that american households get or whatever but because the the big problem with this bill was all the money that it's given to foreign governments for stupid stuff yeah it's like why why can't they pass a covid relief bill that is just if they're going to do it which i don't even to me covid relief is force the governors to end the lockdowns and let americans go back to work that's covid relief. that would be real covid relief but if they're going to give you know, if they're going to say, "Oh, okay, we're going to we're going to take all of your money and then and, and put your grandkids into debt forever and and give you a couple thousand dollars," well, okay, do that, but don't also give a bunch of money to don't give, you know, three times as much money or six times as much money to a bunch of foreign countries. Yeah, and that's what this bill did. That was a real problem. There's also the fact that the bill itself is is like 5,500 pages long. Yeah, and nobody and really senators knows what's got in like it. six hours to review it before they were asked to vote on it. 
But what yeah, senator or congressman in his right mind is, I mean, it would be completely irresponsible to do that, to vote on Anyone vote who yes voted for, for that, like that is very, very irresponsible. It, it just, yeah. I don't know. You know, but that would be a great thing if, go. if one or the other of the houses, it would only take one, if they would introduce and, and establish and lock down and make it so that a rule of that house is that any legislation has to be read in its entirety on the floor with a quorum of membership present before it yeah. can be voted on. That would you'd see slow a lot shorter down. bills. You'd see shorter bills. Uh, you would see slower legislation. It would take them longer to come up with a bunch of laws that, that do really stupid things. That would be something that truly benefits the United States. Yeah. So, anyway, well, yeah, stupid, stupid bill. And the thing, the irony is, this bill, uh, I like to say, okay, nine, 900, whatever, what was it, $900 billion, almost a trillion dollars. Yeah. And, and they're giving like $600, $600 uh, to every, I don't know if it's to every household or to every taxpayer. Is it every person or every taxpayer? Because there's it's a lot of every persons. person, I think. So, like, you know, like, like if you've got, you know, six kids living in your house, all of them, yeah, I think minors. You get six. You get thirty six hundred yeah. plus for you. So, every person in the United States, and people ran the math and said, okay, six hundred dollars, three hundred million people, or whatever, how many in the United States? And for the price tag of this bill, like the nine hundred billion or whatever, they could have given everybody, you know, twenty four hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah, I heard three thousand. So the way I'm seeing this is that with this bill, Congress is selling out the American public to the tune of 30 cents on the dollar. Yeah. That's, that to me is what is, is going on. I mean, that it's, and what's ir- ironic is that both liberals and, cause I'm like, probably the one time ever it's going to happen, um, Cruz and Cortez agree with each other that it's a bad bill. Although huh. I think Cruz, I didn't know that. I think Cruz voted against it in Cortez, even though she said, this is bad. Uh, we shouldn't be asked to vote on this. We didn't get any time to review it. It's 5,500 pages, only $600. I mean, all of the right stuff, but then she voted yes for it anyway. <laughs> she can't even read 5,000 <laughs> so pages. stupid. I know. <laughs> I don't think she could understand any of it if she did, mm-hmm. but um, I guess she has people who will explain <laughs> it to her. I don't know. I don't think most of the congressmen could understand it if they read it. Right. Even though most of them are attorneys. Somebody had to write all that crap. I know. That's what it's, it's like some CNN story about it referred to it because they were trying to, to proactively or preemptively um, uh, criticize Trump for vetoing it. And they referred to it as a carefully crafted bill that was negotiated, you know, from both sides of the aisle. 5,500 pages? That's not carefully crafted. That's, that's not, just, that's reckless. That's a, that's reckless. That's like, that's like, that's, that's like garbage stew. That's like just throw you everything know what into like? the pot and it's mix like, it up. Uh, that's, that's throw stuff in without it's even random text. to see what it is. Yeah. That's like a, uh. It's like filling a, a, a book with random text because you don't have mm-hmm. time to really write anything. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's just have a a a a, a money spend and donation uh 
random generator that that <laughs> fills it up or something. There was no so cra- careful crafting going on. Yeah. Well, in Oregon, uh, at the state capitol, 300 demonstrators tried to storm the uh, state capitol uh, during a legislative session that was closed to the public. Huh. Uh, they were warded off by Oregon State Police. Um, they were protesting and calling for the reopening of Oregon. Um, wow. Okay. So, so I or- guess it went Oregoners nowhere in the are, end, but... Uh, Proud they're, boys they're and starting to see some uh, some pushback, maybe a little bit. Yeah, and of course we had Saturn and Jupiter lined up just right. They call yeah. it the Bethlehem Star. Yeah, um, there's a there's a theory out there that that that's what the star of Bethlehem was. There's some some that astronomer is, wrote his you know that is not done. that is not what happened, but uh, they call it the Bethlehem Star anyway. But yeah. Um, uh, it, it was pretty neat if you were able to see it. I was, I was not yeah, because I, I ran out it. there and the it was cloudy and I couldn't it's see been anything. Cloudy, yeah, all week for me. So I didn't get to see it, but it would have been neat. But it is neat, so uh, that's all I got. All right. Well, I got some uh, some a little bit of Christmas stuff. Um, oh, okay. But before I get to the Christmas stuff. Um, there was a fellow, you might've heard about this. He was like locked in his car for 10 hours. He, I guess he ran off the road. It, it must've been in a, 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 neighborhood and I'll say why, but he ran off the road and then a plow truck, this is up in New York somewhere. Um, plow truck came and plowed a bunch of snow onto his car and completely covered it. And he was unable to get out. He was in the car. He was in the car. He, he, he ran off the road in his car and then was covered over with snow by a plow. I, I you know, up in New York and places like that, the, the, what we see as plows here on our streets are puny. Yeah. So okay. his car was then covered under like four feet of snow by a plow that ran by wow. and he was unable to get out of it for 10 hours. Eventually, um, somebody there, there was a fellow, um, uh, here it is. Uh, I was in. A, let's see. I'm, not, I'm trying to find out why this this uh, police sergeant was even there. Probably give him a ticket. I drove off the road. Not supposed to park there in snow emergencies. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, here's what it is. He managed to get a 911 call through. Oh, okay. After 10 hours, he managed to get a 911 call. the The police sergeant that responded was kind of looking around, and he climbed up like a a snow hill that looked a little bit different than the others and it was in front of a house so it must have kind of been like out on a country road so he was trying to dig down into the snow to find the mailbox to find out what address the house was (laughs) and it happened to be where the car was he he (laughs) he like busted through the window and then eventually got the guy out but the guy i mean he he's okay but he was uh he was that like 58 suck. years old, and he, uh, I think a few cold. hours longer, they're saying he would have been gone into hypothermia yeah. and, and possibly um, uh, died. He, I mean, he, he was suffering from hypothermia, so they also got some frostbite, but he's going to be okay. <laughs> Do you remember that little gray Escort you used to drive? Yes. So you parked in front of the house, and it was a big snow, and the plows came and plowed. 
and it, it kind of cornered you in a little bit. And uh-huh. I thought it would be funny if I pretty much cornered you in all the way. And I so went, went up and down the street. Dumped a bunch of water? <laughs> huh? No. Oh. I went up and down the street piling up snow in a wheelbarrow and bringing it back and dumping it on your car. <laughs> I mean, I I worked almost the whole day at it. And and then I just kind of sat in the living room watching you when you went out. So you you kind of dug your way to the door handle and then just uh-huh. forced the door open and climbed inside. Started it up and just pulled out. <laughs> And there's this empty spot where your car used to be, surrounded by snow. I don't even know how you got out, but you—it would—it took you nothing to get out of that. I was so mad. Ford Escort. Well, who would have yeah. thought? I mean, I would—I worked so hard on it. It was like the whole day. This, and I, oh, this is going to be great. He's never going to get out. <laughs> you know that. that that kind, that's kind of, like that could almost be a car commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be a perfect car commercial. That's that 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 kind of reminds me of that uh, Volvo commercial with the the. Do you ever see the one with the terrorist? No. They show him like strap. I mean, it's one of those commercials you could never run it on real TV. But but Volvo went ahead and made this commercial. I, I you know I, I guess they have different competing teams coming up with creative content and stuff. So yeah. they've got this this guy. He's strapping on the vest, and he's got all the the bearings and everything, and the the C four explosives and everything. And oh, okay. uh, they show him, and he gets in the car and uh, drives like to this, uh, like right in front of this fancy restaurant. I don't. I, it might even been like one of those outdoor seated bistros or something yeah. like that. But anyway, he parks right in front of this, and then they show him, and and they're the view is inside the car, and they show him, and he's got this the switch with the, the thumb triggering. And just as he's pressing it, the view changes to outside the car. And there's this big flash inside the car and then nothing. And the car is still just sitting there. That's good. It's like, well, that almost makes me want to go buy a Volvo. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. Okay. Next time, buddy, drive a a, uh, Ford Escort. (laughs) I don't, they don't even make those anymore, do they? I think the like the Focus I don't think, is the no. replacement. Nothing like the old ones, anyway. <laughs> Not like those. All right, uh, Paris, Mayor of Paris, uh, Mayor Anne Hidalgo. Uh, I guess she's a woman. Her name is Anne. Uh, is mocking France's public service ministry last week uh, after she was fined. <laughs> this is a twist, I, I guess. France, uh, when they say equal, they take this seriously. Uh, she was fined for promoting too many women to senior positions in the city's government. Wait a minute. So the the mayor was promoting women into senior positions, and France's public service ministry fined her for promoting too many women. So she was can, mocking them. How can Francis fine... Fra- no, France... Oh, France. France. Fra- not Paris. France. Yeah, not Francis. France's. Fr- the, the French. The, the French public form ministry. Of okay. Yeah. Public I ministry uh, or public service ministry fined the mayor of Paris for promoting too many women. So she- well, you know, I, that needs to happen in a lot of cases. 
I mean, I know it does, it does, but it's still funny just because it's a reversal. Yeah, it is funny that it finally did happen, but it it shows you how stupid all <clears throat> of this uh, yep. affirmative action stuff is, and and the fact that uh, this is just racism. That's all it is. Yeah, or sexism. Sexism. In whatever. this case, yeah, that's We're good. Go back to merit meritism. All right, now for the Christmas ones, we've got, um, I guess this is just a new uh, a new level of silly. So, so as an annual thing, they have these elephants in this Thai town, th- town in, in um, Thailand. Um, okay. And so they, he, you know, they, they have Santa Claus coming in on these elephants for Christmas. And they're up okay. all, you know, real decorated and everything. So pretty cool. This year, the elephants come in and, and they, in their trunks, they hold these baskets and they're giving out masks. <laughs> really? Normally, they give out candy and fun stuff. They're giving Christ- out masks. Christmas masks. That's nice. Great. <laughs> That's so stupid. Yeah. So dumb. A little bit closer I- to home. And uh, this is the, my last one. So there's a guy uh, in California who likes to um, fly around in a, it, they call it a powered parachute. I, it it almost looks like, you remember the, um, you remember the, the gyrocopter that dad was trying to build? Yeah. Okay. Did, do you, do you, did he ever explain I, to you how I've that was seen, supposed to work? I've actually seen a gyrocopter. Oh, okay. So you know how it works. So, so you, yeah. you've got the, the the thrust power, and then that makes the top blade spin, and that gives you your lift. Okay. Well, this yeah. guy, it looks like it's the same concept, except instead of having a top blade that spins, he's got like a parachute that fills out, and then by the thrust, the parachute provides lift. Okay. You can kind of think of that. So anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So he's doing his, I guess he flies around this town once in a while, um, and he's, uh, this time he's doing it in a Santa Claus outfit, and he chose that trip to get tangled in some power lines. So what you've got is oh. this picture of Santa Claus strapped into this 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 big vehicle with this uh, parachute oh. hanging off, hanging from a, a, tele, a uh, power line pole. <laughs> so did he... Did he just get hung up, or did something bad happen? Uh, I think he just got hung up. It, let's see. It says, it's unfortunate we all need to remember there's still a lot of good okay. out in the world. Didn't take long to rescue the costumed hurt. pilot and lower him to safety, so he did get rescued safety. Um, still full of good cheer. He said next time we'll use his reindeer. <laughs> Jeez. On the subject of elephants, <laughs> did, did Dan, uh, our brother-in-law, ever tell you about I guess he had, like, backstage passes to a circus or something like that. Did he ever oh, yeah? tell you about that? No. They had elephants. Okay. And Good. I guess it was a male elephant. And uh, the male elephant was excited. Oh, wow. In a masculine way. Are we so gonna... <laughs> I... Yeah, tell this in a way that we can keep it on the podcast. Yeah, sure. So, I, I guess... You don't really think about that, but I guess it's pretty big to where if a crowd is watching, it's like, holy cows, and that's all you see. Oh, So they had those uh, cattle prods, and they zapped it in that area. 
Oh and man! And it went down. That poor elephant. I know, but it went down. It, yeah. It, then it was normal. Well, it would make. I guess well, so. I don't know. Make me go down too. I guess so. I don't. But I, I, I just never thought of that trick. I never even thought of having to do that. But I guess with an elephant, yeah. Man. <laughs> wow. Those cattle prods. I mean, those are like. Those are like they're strong, you know. Yeah, they're they're. I, I don't know how they compare with regular tasers, but that's basically what they are. Yeah. Well, it it did the job apparently, and it's something they must do often because they knew what to do. Yeah. Oh, he's getting excited. Zap. Oh, okay. Now he's fine. You know, Let's go. I could imagine that that if you've got a Randy elephant and and he's you know decided that you know taking a shine to i don't know some female yeah. elephant over there you, you might have a little bit of trouble controlling them and and you i guess so. i mean something that big and powerful uh yeah i mean we we raised goats and you saw how violent those bucks got when when we took them to be bred oh man uh, you can yeah, imagine something 50 times bigger down. than that yeah yeah mm-hmm. they they're wow you know that um that parachute story might did you do you remember the mash where where he had to go rescue some soldiers dressed as Santa Claus? No, I don't. Okay, there I was probably have seen the, it, but I don't remember it. I, I saw a lot I, of mash episodes when I was a kid, but I don't I, remember a lot of them. Okay, I have I downloaded the series and I watched it twice now. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what that series is very uh, anti-American. Once I oh, yeah. started mom watching was, it recently. Mom was telling us I mean, that when was, we were kids. I mean, you know, when we were in high school, or at least when I was in yeah. high school. I mean, she would watch it because it was funny. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, it just makes fun of, it makes fun of decency and capitalism nonstop. And yeah. kind of, without doing it, puts up communism as if, as if communism was just another way of government and anyone who's scared of it is silly. You know. Oh right, right. And but and anyway, there was one where Hawkeye had dressed as Santa Claus, and then they needed someone, and he flew in on a on a helicopter down to the uh, to, down to the front line. That's what it reminded me of. Okay, the guy flying yeah. around at Santa. Except Claus. he didn't quite get to the front line. <laughs> no, he got to the power cable. Well, I hope it I, doesn't. At least he didn't get hurt. No, no, and I, I honestly, I mean, it, it's cool that he's got that experimental aircraft and flies around. I hope it right. doesn't um, stop him from doing that, <laughs> or or make the city be like, no, you can't do this anymore. We had to rescue your butt. Yeah, I I remember Dad. Uh, you know, it could be that the city says, well, there's certain areas you got to keep away from or whatever. But I remember yeah. Dad explaining that that he wanted the uh, he wanted to build that gyrocopter because. Since it's an experimental aircraft, you don't need a license to fly it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I I have his old plans, and I got me and Dale, we started planning on finishing it. You know, we had we had this so you, V8. Uh, you brought those in from Volkswagen. the garage, because he had those plans out in the garage, but I noticed yeah. them in the, not the garage, the barn. I noticed them in the basement when I was there last time. Well, we we started looking into it, and we got together a Volkswagen engine that we were going to rebuild mm-hmm. and use it. But then, then we had families and things yeah. like that. So, do you know what thing. happened? Since you were looking at that, you might know that. Do you know what happened to the frame he had in in uh, 
in Grandma Angel's I know he had garage? some... No, I don't. I know he had some silly ideas that I was going to ignore. Like, okay. instead of putting it something he could stand... He was he would, like, just stand on his feet. Oh. Instead of having wheels or something. To make less <laughs> weight, he would just run with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a surprise because he, he he had a frame in in that garage. <coughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He it, had. I, some, I can't remember what it was. Angle iron or tubular steel? Probably angle iron. He did everything with yeah. angle iron. But there's much lighter steel out there nowadays. That, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Gosh. You wouldn't need to reduce weight as much in as fact, he had planned I mean, on. You, you, lighter steel, you might even build it out of aluminum or something. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, so okay. <laughs> I That's guess that all I brings got. us to a close. Yeah. And uh, I guess, you know, I I would say to all Catholics out there, start looking into how to hide your religion, because I think we're going to need to soon. Yeah. That's and, true. How, how, to, how to be faithful. I mean, it's it's easy to just, uh, physically easy. If somebody who's, yeah. you know, really faithful, it's not easy, but it, it's physically easy to just stop doing it. But that's not an answer. That's not acceptable. You right. we still have to to uh, we, gotta we try still have to, to, to cling to and, Jesus, and, and and we have to get to mass and and so on and so forth. So yeah. And I believe someday, and I you know people listening might think I'm an idiot for even thinking it, but I believe someday we're going to have to find out how to do things like um, have babies and. Uh, under the radar so that we don't have forced abortions or have babies at home because insurance will only pay for one child per family. Right. Those are the kinds of pressures that are going to come on us, I think, in the next 20 years. Especially if we keep uh, getting more and more cozy with China. They they will export their extremism um, and their evils to us. Yeah. Well, think about what we said. And as always, circle the beads, circle the beads, pray the rosary. We need it now more than ever. And we'll see you next week. But still, Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas. (laughs) All right. Happy circumcision. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Hi, everyone.